Welcome to an audio teaching from Windsor Park Baptist Church in Auckland, New Zealand. If you would like to look at the message notes or see some questions for reflection that take their lead from today's teaching, head to our website, windsorpark.org.nz and head to the online tab where you'll see services and series and you can download different resources from there. Thanks for joining us and we hope you're encouraged by today's teaching. Kia ora. I feel truly humbled to speak today on Mother's Day in honour of women, mothers, youth leaders, teachers, sisters, friends, who are so worthy of praise for the time, the love, the prayers they tirelessly sow into the lives of others. My name is Alicia and my mother's name is Rose Whited. My beautiful mum is one of my absolute favourite people. Growing up, she modelled what it looked like to be in love with God, to spend time with Him, to pray and to worship wholeheartedly. As a little girl, I loved watching my mum in church, joyfully praising God. Arms surrendered, sometimes tears would run down her face. Like her mother before her, she is a woman of praise. Yet she doesn't praise God because life is always easy. Rather, her praise is often birthed from those places of pain and struggle. And it reminds me of the quote by Joanna. I don't praise God because all is right in my world. I praise Him because of who He is. Mum lives out her faith amidst the challenges of life just like the midwives who set the scene of Miriam's story. Miriam is a woman of praise, found in the narrative of the Old Testament that us four speakers will be unpacking with you today. Miriam is the daughter of Jochebed, the sister of Moses and Aaron, and plays an important role in several parts of Moses' story and the Exodus story of the Israelites out of Egypt to God's promised land. Many of you will most commonly know her as the older sister figure who was instrumental in the story of baby Moses traveling down the Nile in a basket and be found by Pharaoh's daughter. Before Miriam enters the narrative of Exodus, we encounter two other brave women, midwives by occupation and followers of Yahweh by faith. In Exodus chapter 1, verse 15, the Israelites, God's chosen people, were enslaved in Egypt. They were growing in numbers, and this frightened Pharaoh the king, who was worried that they were more numerous and stronger than the Egyptians. Pharaoh, concerned that the Israelites would overthrow them if war erupted, came up with a plan. The king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, whose names were Sephira and Pua, when you are helping the Hebrew women during childbirth on the delivery stool, if you see that the baby is a boy, kill him. If it is a girl, let her live. The midwives, however, feared God and did not do what the king of Egypt had told them to do. They let the boys live. These two midwives refused to obey the king's edict because they feared God. So they simply got busy doing his work. To fear God meant they revered, honoured, and were in awe of Him. They saw God as the absolute authority of power, and thus earthly authority and fear of Pharaoh faded in comparison. Their example teaches us that it is more important to be right with God than with people. I wonder what each of us would have done in that situation. Would our fear of people have overridden our fear of God and what we know is right by His standards? Then the king of Egypt summoned the midwives and asked them, Why have you done this? Why have you let the boys live? The midwives answered Pharaoh, Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women. They are vigorous and give birth before the midwives arrive. Not only were these women extremely brave, but they were quite smart. So God was kind to the midwives and the people increased and became even more numerous in numbers. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families of their own. Ironically, these midwives are blessed by the very thing Pharaoh enlisted their help to prevent population increase. The midwives also show us the importance of staying the course. 
Under immense pressure, these women didn't fight. They didn't take flight, but they stayed, rooted in the place that God had called them to minister in. I want to encourage you today to stay in the place God has called you to, to the people He has called you to serve. Your kids, husband, friends, co-workers, family, and church need you. So stay where God has positioned you and watch as He protects, strengthens, and grows you. Lastly, these midwives teach us that God uses ordinary people for divine purposes. One Sunday night after Caleb Finlayson's message on divine interruptions, my fourth coffee in, (laughs) I was given this opportunity. I met with two childhood friends. One now prompted by dating a Christian guy is wrestling with her views on faith and life and the place it has in her world. The other shared about relationship struggles and agreed to let us pray for her. As we sat outside late at night praying, I was reminded that these are the moments where I am alive, to be the hands and feet of Jesus as He moves in people's lives. Being a spiritual mother isn't restricted to age. Rather, God may use any one of us to minister to another. We just need to be willing to be His vessel. As we finished praying, one of the girls said, Alicia, we never encounter this in our worlds. This is so rare and truly special. And that is so true. Faith, the gift of God's love, is truly so incredibly special, and we are all called to praise Him for it. He is working, friends, in my life and in yours. Ask God to use you as He did the midwives, and watch as the adventure unfolds. Hello and welcome. My name is Tane Mostert, and today I'm going to focus on Miriam, and how she for God believes in trust and praise in any circumstances. Just to give some context to those who didn't understand, hi, my name is Tane Mostert, and today I will be focusing on Miriam and how she never stopped trusting and praising God no matter the circumstances. When this Mother's Day talk first came up, I grabbed it with both hands. I was very excited about the prospect to do something I've never done. It wasn't long before the doubt started setting in, this little voice in my head saying, you can't do this, you aren't good enough. After countless of discussions and asking everyone I speak to to pray for me, thanks everyone, I felt this overwhelming feeling from God that said, this isn't about you. Trust in me and I will guide you through. How easy is it for us to believe the stories we tell ourselves instead of listening and trusting in God? Proverbs 3, verse 5 to 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him and He will make your path straight. This led me to think of how many incredible miracles would not have happened if we as humans were to rely on our own understanding and not trust God. If Miriam, Moses and Aaron didn't trust God and chose to believe the stories that they tell themselves of unworthiness, would the Israelites have been delivered to the promised land? When thinking about the Israelites and how they had to uplift their whole life for the promise of a better life somewhere else, it sits quite close to my heart. For many of you that do not know, my family and I moved from South Africa when I was 16. It's quite a difficult feat to leave everything you're used to and to move somewhere unknown. For us, we had to leave our family behind. The really difficult thing is watching the people you love grow old and go through different life experiences from afar. One thing I really struggled with is not being able to spend more time with my grandparents. 
Now, if you spend a lot of time with me, you know I always claim I come from a line of strong women who, no matter the circumstances, will always get through whatever life throws at them. I witnessed this firsthand with my mum and my grandmother when my grandfather unfortunately passed away in February 2021. As you can imagine, it was a very difficult time for us and due to COVID, we couldn't leave to go and support our loved ones. I had to watch my mum be strong for my grandmother and make all the funeral arrangements and help with financial decisions, all while still dealing with her own grief of losing her father. I watched my grandmother get COVID the day after he passed, sick, lonely, and stressed about everything that's ahead of her, having to relearn a lot of tasks that he used to do for her, and just getting used to living without her best friend of 58 years. She never lost her faith and trust in the Lord. I remember speaking to her on the phone, and she just constantly said to me, my love, all we need to do is trust in the Lord. He will get us through this. Let's take it one day at a time. This kind of strength and love for God, I was privileged to witness all my life through the powerful woman God blessed me with. Whenever I speak about the powerful woman in my life, it always reminds me of Proverbs 31, 26. She opens her mouth with wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. I often think about if it was so difficult for me just to move from one country to another, how much more difficult must it have been for Miriam, Moses and Aaron, not only to uplift people from everything they know, but also be hunted down by an army of Egyptians. They didn't have Google. They couldn't quickly do a search to look for the pros and cons of leaving, what the weather will be like for their travels, or what they had to pack. Miriam, however, stayed faithful and trusting towards God. Decades after her first act of bravery, saving her brother Moses, Miriam displayed leadership skills as she led alongside her brother. After generations of slavery and what was certainly a challenging and often hard life for Miriam, she never lost her spirit to sing God's praises. She used her gift of leadership to sing the praises of the Lord, to celebrate and rejoice in Him, as mentioned in Exodus 15, 20-21. Then Miriam, the prophet, Aaron's sister, took a trimble in her hand and all the women followed her with trimbles and dancing. Miriam sang to them, Sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. Both horse and driver he has hurled onto the sea. Not only did Miriam continuously praise God, even though we could probably all agree it wasn't easy at times, and she made mistakes along the way, but she also encouraged others other women to step up and praise God for the amazing miracles he did for them. The story of Miriam teaches us that a small act of trust and bravery can change the course of our lives and others' lives around us. Being a follower of God's plan, Miriam not only helped save her brother's life, but she also helped set Israel's deliverance in motion. It also shows that we need to worship and praise God in all circumstances. Sometimes when things are going well, we tend to forget to worship and thank God for all the blessings he gives us. Miriam's life had been one of service and leadership. And I want to challenge all of us today. Will you be a Miriam in your life, even when you're faced with uncertainty and the unknown? Hi, I'm Adam. 
I'm 23 and I've been involved in all sorts of ministries at Windsor Park, such as the prison ministry, coffee team, shepherding, youth, and I'm a 24-7 youth worker at Murray's Bay Intermediate. Hopefully I'll be an intermediate teacher next year, and I'm also currently a celebrant and run kids camps at Petersnell Youth Village. When I was reading the Exodus story, I found it interesting considering Miriam's perspective. We see small glimpses of her role throughout the story in the book. As a young girl, Miriam cleverly asked Pharaoh's daughter if she wanted a Hebrew midwife to look after baby Moses, her brother. Her mother ended up getting paid to look after her own baby by the same people trying to kill them. Miriam leads the Israelites in song after walking through the sea leaving Egypt. She was also plagued with leprosy for seven days by God after she questioned her brother Moses' leadership. But the Israelites seemed to have great respect for her as they did not move on until she was better. Israel was so blessed to have a mother figure like Miriam to lead them. My mother moved away from Auckland, so I didn't see much of her during my teenage years. However, I have been blessed to have some incredible mother figures in my life. Mel Pavis was one of the many youth pastors I had in Windsor growing up and was a great spiritual role model to me and the youth that she served. Tracy Anderson was my parent leader when I was a youth and had a big impact on me and the Unite Youth Group. My friends' mums, Helena Bailey and Caroline Jones, have welcomed me into their homes and I would sometimes end up talking to them more than I would talk to my friends. For me, it's kind of like forcing them to adopt me, which they did so graciously. These women have some of the wise and motherly traits that are mentioned in Proverbs 31. Although, like Miriam, they are not perfect, they are still doing their very best to be driven by their godly passions to serve. I've been so blessed to have some incredible Christian mothers in my life. Some of them don't even have kids, and today is a great time to honour them. God empowers some incredible people around us to point towards himself. In fact, God compares his own love for his people to mother's love for their children. Isaiah 49 verse 15 says, Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child to whom she bore? Though she may forget, I will never forget you. God's love is unconditional, faithful, eternal, and forgiving. Today I hope we can all find time to be grateful for the mothers God has given us. Hello, I am Megan Reed's daughter, and I am Carol Everett's granddaughter. My name is Michaela. I come from a long legacy at Windsor Park Baptist, so over my 22 years at this church, this is often how I've introduced myself. Even when I've led with my name, I'm frequently asked to recite this brief lineage when meeting someone new. The connections I hold to the matriarchs of my world have gone before me as I've found my faith and place in the church. I walk in their legacy. Being anchored by lineage is generally a foreign concept for us in the modern world where relying on one's family or holding identity and where you have come from is seen as a hindrance on progress. 
The increasing historicism of our world disregards that family does often root us, providing a foundation of identity from which we can grow. When we journey back alongside Miriam to hear her story, we never see her in isolation. Miriam is never mentioned without the connections of her family, notably her brothers, Moses and Aaron. The first time we meet Miriam by name, in Exodus 15.20, she is referred to as Aaron's sister, her familial context an essential identifier, even with her title as a prophetess. We see her worship the Lord over what he has done through her brother Moses to set the Israelites free. Miriam is at the center of this dramatic victory for the Lord's people. This is likely due, at least in part, to her connection to her brothers who have been Yahweh's mouthpieces for this deliverance. Being in the presence of her brothers and seeing the Lord work through them moves her to praise and worship as she sings out with the other Israelite woman. In the years my mother and grandmother have walked alongside me, I can think of many times my heart has been spurred on, like Miriam's, to praise the Lord for what I can see He has done through them. I remember being truly curious for the first time about what Jesus could mean to people when I saw my grandma crying across the auditorium at a Good Friday service as the Bible was read and candles were lit. I've been amazed at how far my mum is willing to step outside of her comfort zone to serve the Lord and bring others to Him, as I've witnessed her try to tame unruly teenagers for five years as she led my youth group. And I remember sitting on my grandmother's living room floor, magazines spread around me making a prayer collage, wondering what God was saying to me, but confident that it would be said with the love I'd heard my grandma speak of many times before. My heart grew for Jesus and I was able to worship him like Miriam because of what I had seen him do and those intrinsically connected to me. Although, like many young people, there was a time when I disparaged my inability to be thought of as independent from my family. I, for a long time, longed for the day when I would no longer be asked who my parents or grandparents were, feeling I should be enough on my own. As I continued reading Miriam's story, I was surprised to see this need to brush off those who brought me into worship and make a name for myself reflected in her. In Numbers 12.2, Miriam and Aaron lay complaints before Moses and ask, Has the Lord spoken only through Moses? Hasn't he also spoken through us? Miriam, who led the women of Israel in worship and had been a part of the governance of Israel as they wandered the wilderness, was not satisfied with what Yahweh had done in her so far. The faith that had grown and the acts that had come from that faith. No, Miriam turned to jealousy and resentment, forgetting that it was God alone that provided these gifts, and that if others who had brought her into worship were perceived as greater than her, it only served to reflect the greatness of her God. Like Miriam, the desire to make a name for myself, to be recognized, has at times been stronger than my desire to see God's name glorified. So I began to resent when I was seen in the context of the woman who had gone before me, perceiving my connection to them as a shadow to be freed from. Like Miriam, I have forgotten that worship is not something ever done in isolation, that the people who bring us into worship and then live praises beside us as we find our voice are essential. In my need to be seen for myself, I let opportunities to see what the Lord was already doing and those around me pass me by. 
I swapped worship for resentment, and I know during these times my faith withered, as I searched not for what God could do, but for what I could be. Now, as life continues to move forward and I've stepped into new spaces, I am often seen simply as Michaela, without the genealogy to precede me. And I now find myself gushing voluntarily about these women who left me their faith legacy. I have come to see where they have been before me, not as a shadow I am hidden in, but as a light to guide me. I am so thankful for the path they have walked before me, leaving their footprints for me to study and to worship in, as I make my way forward, with their God at my side, now is my God. Thank you for listening to our stories today of being called into worship by the woman in our lives. We hope that this has opened up a space where you can reflect on the people who called you into worship and who you're now standing alongside. Thank you for joining our audio teaching today. If there are ways that we can continue to support you or help you in your journey, please reach out to us. Head to our website, windsorpark.org.nz and you'll find various ways to contact us. God bless.